Welcome to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. We are on a mission to equip people throughout the diocese to be missionary disciples. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Proclaim Columbus podcast. It is your wonderful hosts. I have Andrew and Liz and myself, Abby, with me today. Hello, guys. Hi. Hey, Abby. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest. Um, he's very near and dear to my heart. Um, his name is Samuel Strupa. Um, why is Sam- he near and dear to your heart? <laughs> Hold on. Before Sam's talk, why, what, what's going on here? Well, we could ask Sam that. Okay. Mm, good question. Uh, yeah. So the reason why I think I'm near and dear to your heart <laughs> is because uh, we're actually dating. So that's pretty fun. Now the follow-up yeah. question is: Is she near and dear to your heart? She is near okay. and dear to my heart. She's awesome. She's an amazing woman. Um. So yeah. So Sam is actually on. He is the recruitment lead for the Damascus Catholic Mission Campus national team. Right? Did I get that right? You did get that right. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Points. Wow. Um. So yeah, we wanted to bring Sam in just to. Kind of tell us one what the Lord has done in his life, two what the Lord is doing at Damascus, yeah, and three just really just to talk evangelization with him because Damascus is a big, a big part of I think the youth in the diocese of Columbus. Yeah, so would you be willing to maybe share some of your story of where the Lord has taken you and yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so. In my life, uh, I grew up in the greatest city ever, in Arbor, Michigan. So Ooh. go blue. I know I get booed a lot. Yeah. We're with two Ohio State grads. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hilarious. Well, there's going to be confessions <laughs> after this podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm doing really well. You know, we're, we're on a two-year win streak, so I'm feeling pretty good. Never been on the winning <laughs> side before. Yeah. Never been on the winning I side before, to, so that's pretty ex- sweet. I might right. have to excuse myself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I'm the... Uh, on the most important note, um, I grew up in an awesome family. Uh, you know, I had uh, I have four sisters and a brother, have a beautiful family, but we weren't raised in our Christian uh, faith. And so in my own life, I was like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do in my life? And so my biggest dream was to be a sports broadcaster. Um, I really wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Um, and I wanted to be on the radio so I could be biased about Michigan and stuff um, <laughs> and like kind of like talk about like, yeah, why, why this is my favorite team, you know? And, and I remember like on a Saturday and a Sunday, I would watch probably 15 hours of football. And that was my worship was sports. And I remember I was 13 years old. I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm watching, you know, NFL countdown. And my sister comes walking down the stairs and, and goes, hey, I want to go to mass today, Sam. Do you want to come with me? I said, mass, is that some kind of science fair thing or, or something? <laughs> and she was like, no, mass is church. I said, oh, oh, oh. So her and my mom went to mass. I didn't go. And I didn't go for a couple years. And so um, I remember one day my, my dad decided to go to mass. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, why, why waste your time with those, you know, those crazy Catholics? Like, like why go to mass? And so he went to mass and I went with him because like, if he's going, then I got to go too. Right. And, you know, back my home parish back home was uh, called Christ the King. And it was a really charismatic parish. So when you walk in, they're raising their hands um, just during the song and stuff. And I was like, why are these people happy? This is supposed to be mass. You're supposed to be mm-hmm. sad and bored that you're wasting your, an hour of your day. And 
um, just seeing the people have so much joy, like really brought a lot of questions to my heart. And then after mass, my mom had a great idea. She was like, let's all go to RCIA. I was like, and you're crazy. And so, you know, <laughs> RCIA is where you become Catholic and kind of go through the program. And so I went through it. And as I went through it, I had so many people come up to me and they're like, Sam, you're going to be a man of fire. I'm like, I'm going to burn alive. They're like, no, 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 no. You're going to be a man. You're going to be a man of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to bring revival to the church. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know what that means. And, and they were just, they just saw something in me. And then on my baptismal day, this is what I thought was going to happen. I thought, okay, I'm going to get some water on me. I'm going to, you know, get some olive oil, whatever kind of oil they use. And I'm going to eat a piece of bread and drink some of that wine and go home. Right. That's what I thought was going to happen. But what happened in my life was they baptized me and I felt the peace of God for the first time in my life. I was like, okay, I cannot deny this. This has to be real. And then I, you know, got confirmed and then I received Holy Communion. And I was like, okay, there's something different here. And I was crying so much during the whole Mass. And my sister said to me, she goes, Sam, I want you to do something. And I said, what is that? I want you to pray 20 minutes every day. I said, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I started doing that. I started praying 20 minutes every single day, and I hated it. I'm like, this is so boring. Like, why waste my time when I can watch a football game? But I would do it. And so I had the perfect idea. So on Saturdays and Sundays, halftime is exactly 20 minutes. So I'd pray during halftime <laughs> so I didn't miss any of the game, you know. And, and then as my life went on, I turned 17. Um, I actually dated a different girl at the time, uh, uh, you know, and in Michigan. And it kind of led me the wrong way. I, I did things that I said I would never do. Um, I was really falling away from my faith. I wasn't praying. Um, I actually started, I stopped actually doing my 20 minutes because I thought it was a waste of time. And sorry for you Ohio State fans out there, but little testimony about my, my love for Michigan was I loved it so much to the point I have probably over $5,000 worth of Michigan gear. Like I have so much at home and that was what I wore every day. So every kid in my school called me the Michigan kid. And that, 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 that was my identity. And I'm 18 years old at this time. And my brother's godfather after mass came up to me, my brother, and was like, hey, do you guys want to go on a retreat with us free of charge? And my brother's like, absolutely, we'll be there. I was like, shut up. No, I don't want to go on a retreat. You know? <laughs> and so we go on this retreat, and I went pretty much for my brother. And I was decked out in my, my Michigan gear when I was on the retreat. And I went on the retreat, and I saw what I saw in the first mass I, when I went to that mass for the first time. The people had joy. I'm like, Lord, I, I don't have this, right? I watched the Michigan game. You know, th this time they were losing to Ohio State. You know, I was watching the game, and I would feel unfulfilled even when they won. I was like, why am I feeling unfulfilled? And then I remember saying to the Lord, Lord, if you're real and if you love me, show me. Show me, Lord, that you love me. And I was instantly filled with a peace that I could not, that I just couldn't, you know, describe and I knew that he was real, and I knew that I needed to follow Jesus. And so afterwards, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend, at, at that ex-girl, <laughs> you know, that girl. And I broke up with her because I needed to, to get my life in order because I wasn't giving her what she needed. Right? I, wasn't, I was all in my head, you know, trying to get my own pleasure. And the Lord just, you know, took me down a beautiful path. And 
And now all I want to do is tell people about the great name of Jesus. So that's kind of my story there. Yeah. Wow. wow thank you for sharing. That's Absolutely. incredible. How old were you when you came into the church? I was 15 years old. So 15. 15 okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like a usual, like crucial age where people or teens kind of like decide like, okay, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Yeah. Absolutely. And because, you know, for me, like working with a lot of teens, um, you know, we work with middle school and high school on national team. And, you know, we've been around, we, we, we've been to California. We, we were just in the East Coast, like New York, Maryland area. And we've been to Indiana. Um, and it's just been really cool to see, you know, the different kind of cultures, but also like to see the kids. And a lot of times the kids, I ask them like, like, why Jesus? You know, like, what is, who is Jesus to you? And a lot of times they're like, Sam, I just feel forced into this. I just feel so forced. And I feel like I don't have a decision of my own. And what I tell them a lot is I say, like, um, that Jesus, you know, he gives us free will to choose him or not, right? And, you know, because we do prayer ministry at night with adoration. And every time they're like, Sam, how do you know that? How do you know that about my life? Nobody knows that. I'm like, Jesus knows it. And like you said, right, like when they make that decision on choosing Jesus, their life is just more fully satisfied. And it's just so cool to see they're like, when they walk in, they're like, you know, like, what is this? You know, kind of like not as happy. But when they leave, they're, a, lot of, a lot of times they, a lot of the kids are just smiley and they see the love of Jesus in their heart. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Awesome. So you're on it. Currently, you're serving on national team. Yes. Was that your first experience with Damascus, or how did you hear about Damascus, or how did you end up traveling the nation doing Yeah, what you so do? kind of a fun story. Um, I was actually praying with the founder of Damascus, and his name is uh, Aaron Richards, and some of you might know him. He's pretty awesome. And it was at a conference called Encounter, and Encounter is like to just, you know, to be filled with the love of the Holy Spirit. And we were, I was at this conference, and... He's like, Sam, you should totally apply to be a summer counselor at our camp. I was like, oh, that does sound kind of good, you know. I want to do ministry and bring Jesus to the world. And so so after that, I was praying because like, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know. I kind of want to work for this ministry, kind of want to work for this ministry. I don't really know. So I pray for a dream. Lord, show me in my dream tonight when I sleep. And then I went to sleep. And in my dream, my sister Hannah wrote Damascus on a door, and then she opened it. And I knew immediately that I was called, and I, I emailed um, the missionary lead at the time, and he was like, yeah, we'll talk and pray about it and see where God is leading you there. And, um, and then they accepted me as a full-time missionary, not just summer. And I'll say, like, those were probably the best two years of my life, like just seeing kids be transformed, seeing the way that God transformed my life. And this is kind of funny, but um, just last year, I was actually in the seminary. Um, I know, LOL. Uh, <laughs> I was in the seminary. Uh, I was with a community called the Companions of the Cross. And, you know, in my year of seminary, I just felt in my heart a lot during that year that I was really called to do mission work, to, to, to spread the gospel in some sort of unique way. And I remember they were like telling me, they're like, Sam, you sound like you want to get married, so why don't you go discern that? I'm like, that probably makes a lot of sense. So um, I was praying. I was like, Lord, where do you want me to go next year? And 
I was thinking about the national team because I'm like, ooh, national team would be pretty cool. They go around the country. They share Jesus to kids, and, and I love kids. And so um, I applied and had a meeting with Dan Demite, and I was questioning. I'm like, I don't really know if I want to do this or not because it's kind of familiar territory. I don't want to just go back to my old comforts, you know. And the Lord said to me, he's like, Sam, go back on some old words that I've given you. I said, okay, Lord. Um, so I, I, every time someone prays for me, I write the words they say on my phone. And I got this word back in 2020 during like the COVID year. And my buddy prayed for me. He said, March 17th will be a day of mission for you. I was like, okay, Lord. And what, why does that day sound so familiar? It was familiar because I had my interview with Dan Demite on March 17th. And then a couple months later, I got accepted uh, to do national team. And it's been honestly a great joy, you know, to serve him in ministry. So. Yay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, what a powerful story. Thank you for all of that. And I like in particular how, you know, you became Catholic at 15, right? Yeah, but yes. then you were kind of like just living your life and the Lord's like, no, no, I have more for you. Yeah. Like, this isn't, you know, and so like, I think that's a powerful message because, you know, for a lot of people, it's like you become Catholic and then it doesn't mean everything's perfect. It doesn't mean, you know, the Lord's yeah. still always working with us. So I think, I think your story is powerful in that way. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was wondering during your testimony, you talked a lot about <clears throat> how much you like sports yeah, and how that used to be your worship. And I'm curious uh, because I've talked to you in the past and you know, you still like sports. Yeah, I do. Uh, Cause those, those type of things don't go away. <laughs> you know, you know, these things, they're not necessarily bad, you know, they're not their highest good, but um, they stick with you. Just how has that changed? Like sports and your yeah. admiration for it maybe is a better word now. Yeah. And like, I will still say like, there's always a temptation to want to like binge football or, you know, go buy all this gear, um, you know, buy the machine gear. But the Lord has shown me like there's, you know, the word moderation, right? Everything in moderation. So, so for me, like what I try to do that helps me a lot is I try to watch a game with either other people. So that way I'm not by my, by myself, because when I get alone, I notice that I watch like probably like hours and hours and hours of football and sports. And, and then I kind of like, Oh shoot, I, forgot to pray or this and that. And so just putting myself around people really helps me. Um, but also too, like sports isn't a bad thing. We just overdo it, right? Like I love playing basketball. I love I love it so much, but we can overdo it. You know, a lot of the kids, they're like, yeah, I don't go to mass because I have a game or I have a tournament. And I'm just like, we always find time to play sports, but we never have time to go to mass. Why? Because we think that's what, that's what's gonna fulfill us, right? You know, there's a, I don't know if you guys know the quarterback, Stenson Bennett. He's a quarterback from Georgia, and um, he won the national championship. You know, he, you know, he won. He won the championship, and then two weeks later got a DUI. So it shows that it shows that sports can't always fulfill you, but only God can. And so for me, just, you know, I still love it. I still like, you know, the trash talk sometimes, you know, messing <laughs> with Ohio State fans. But, but it just, you know, it just shows me, like, Moderation is key, you know, not overdoing it, but also like doing it with people helps me out a lot. And does it, do you find that it helps you like relate to the kids that you're, oh, yeah, absolutely. To? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. a lot of the kids, um, 
especially young, you know, young boys and young men, they, uh, they just love sports, man. Um, you know, I would say probably if I have nine kids in my small group, probably seven out of nine kids are all athletes, um, all, all trying to do something for sports. And so it is definitely like a lot of times the kids in my small group, when I share my testimony, they're like, wow, I can totally relate to that because that's how my life is, you know. So what does it look like? Okay, so you're on national team yes. and you travel around. Um, so what are the, like the practicals of that? What does it look like? Like do you go to a parish, do you go to events, yeah. or how long yeah. do you stay in an area? All those things. Yeah, so it kind of depends on um, area to area. So like we were just in the East Coast. So we were in New York for a week. And kind of like what we do is we do a lot of retreat ministry. And we do mainly for the school. And we do like a one-day retreat. And we put on... Um, we do three different talks, and then at the end, we do adoration, um, just for them to have that encounter moment with Jesus. Um, so the one-day retreats are definitely harder because you got only one day to, you know, bring as much Jesus as you can. Um, and then we do um, three-day retreats, sometimes on the weekend. And um, how that looks is, like, we do, like, a confirmation retreat or any retreat that the school or slash parish uh, wants us to do for their youth group. Um, so the three-day retreat normally is for the parish. Um, and we had a three-day retreat actually last weekend. Um, we did um, a confirmation retreat. And I personally love the three-day retreats, even though they're definitely hard and exhausting, but they're just so fruitful because you have more time with them, more time to walk with them. And so it was really cool to see, like, um, you know, the kids just have their transformation on, on the last day. Um, and... We also do um, some worship nights. So like we do like a worship night for the parish or the diocese. Um, but the only state that is different than the states that we've been is Indiana. So Indiana is really cool because we work with their diocese and they bring us in and wherever the diocese wants us to go, that's pretty much where we're gonna go. So they sent us to South Bend. Um, we've been to uh, lots of schools over there in South Bend. We've been to lots of schools in Fort Wayne. Um, you know, we helped run a, a youth group uh, for a parish in Fort Wayne. Um, so it's just really cool because for me, like, I, I love the parish, and, and my heart is for the parish, and I just want to see a parish come to know, um, you know, the love of Jesus for the youth. Um, and it's really cool to see a lot of transformation in that. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. What's the parish in Fort Wayne? Uh, St. Vincent. Okay. Yes. My mom grew up in Fort Wayne, so we oh, visit nice, there frequently. Nice. But. It's a pretty big parish. Probably yeah. They say it's the biggest parish in Fort Wayne, actually. Yeah. Wow. So you said that your heart is, like, like the greatest desire that you have is to, like, see, like, a parish on fire. So, like, what – not, like, asking you, like, oh, what's next, but um, national team is only four year, correct? Yes, absolutely. So it's – yeah, so, like, what – what is like the Lord speaking in your life, like for this next season? Yeah, um, thanks. She Abby. says with a smile. <laughs> yeah, no, she's all smiling. <laughs> yeah, so I can't go into two of a desk because I can't give anything away. But, um, <laughs> but um, no, look like for me, I really, really am uh, just desiring um, the youth. I really feel the Lord has called me to the youth, uh, whether that's in a parish or whatnot. Um, so I'm looking around there. Uh, I really feel just a drive to. To, you know, to, to bring Jesus to a youth group because we've been to so many, you know, parishes and we see different youth groups and it just always like lights my heart on fire seeing a youth group because I'm like, man, I just would love to see a parish 
um, just have a youth on fire. Because anytime you see a youth on fire, the parish thrives, right? And that's my biggest dream. But also, like, on a side thing, a um, little side note for me, this is, like, a personal thing. I love street ministry, like, going on the streets and just finding a random person and praying for them. So I hope to do more of that after this year of national team and stuff like that, Abby. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> This is definitely the cutest podcast I've ever had. You, you can't see She's it. She's really smiley if you can't There's a lot of it. eyes looking at each other, and it's Sam and it's Abby adorable. just adoring each other. And then Liz and I are on the other side of the table being, hi, we're here too. <laughs> but I think I'm it's just really Not attentive it's to good. the guest. Yes. It's good. In your story, Sam, you know, as you were like kind of in seminary and discerning, and they're like, you need to yeah. discern marriage. Meanwhile, we knew sweet little Abby over here. And she's like, <laughs> I'm discerning marriage and I'm waiting for the Lord to send me the right person. So, um, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. That. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. Maybe we'll have you back one day. I would love to, <laughs> <laughs> but until then, everyone, thanks for listening to the Proclaim podcast. You can find more information about Proclaim at proclaimcolumbus.org. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of the Proclaim Columbus podcast. And until next time, go and proclaim God's glory.